Hi, welcome to the Holy Arrows podcast. I'm your host, Phoenix Amara, author of Ascension of Gaia, founder of the Temple Arts Alchemy Mystery School, Muse and Mother. We're here to delve deep into the power of Holy Arrows and all things devotion, intimacy, sacred sexuality, and love where the transformational medicine of our soul, sex, and art intersects and transforms ourselves and the world. Enjoy today's episode. Welcome everybody to Holy Eros. On today's episode, we have Dane Tomas. Dane is an entrepreneur, artist, and teacher whose work is focused on the healthy integration of the spiritual and material aspects of life. He is the author of seven books, the creator of various transformational practices, and the founder of the EE Academy, a not-so-secret society of spiritual entrepreneurs who want to have a significant worldly impact. You can find his podcast, the EE Podcast with Dane Thomas, on Spotify and iTunes. Welcome, Dane. Hello, hello. (laughs) Happy Spring Equinox. Thank you. Yeah, it feels uh, quite apropos to have you on the show today to mark this, you know, turning of the season and the start of the official yeah. new year. Yeah, I'm feeling it. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm really, I'm really excited to have you on today because you are a bit of an enigmatic and uh, some would even say controversial character in the uh-huh. online coaching space, you know, and I would like consider your flavor like Russell Brand meets sex magic meets, you know, Tantra and (laughs) entrepreneurial, you know, coaching. And um, I'm curious to hear, yeah, what's been alive in your world recently? What's Mm. been alive in your world? Look, I just came back at the end of last year off a little stretch of little stretch of travel to the States, to Europe, to Dubai and Bali. And that really launched me on this journey I'm on now, which is time to land, time to build foundations. So found myself back where I started here, just behind Byron Bay in the hills and the rivers. And I'm in the process of buying a house. I am fairly deep now into this journey with the Esoteric Entrepreneur Academy, which we launched on January. So that was a sort of an idea while I was traveling and it, it got birth at the beginning of the calendar year. So those things are my, what's really driving this year is this foundational journey and it's been a lot around base chakra, root chakra, but also around like tapping spiritual purpose through matter more because I feel like I've been quite connected sort of on this celestial level of like, you know, I have this sense of purpose, but Towards the end of last year, I started calling through like, okay, planet Earth, tell me, you know, tell me where you want me, how do you want me, guide me. And so there's been a lot more moving into not an instead of, but a balance of being sort of penetrated at both ends, you know, and just receiving like, okay, I'm a a human being on Earth and I have my own agendas for sure. Like I'm not a, I'm not a, there's no ego type type of person, but I've been moving a lot more into the listening of where where do I belong? Where do you want me? How should I move? You know? So there's been this much more surrendered approach to um 
listening to where the, the planet wants me, yeah, so to speak. Mm. Mm. It feels like a really grounded and a, a blend of like logic and intuition approach to yeah. your purpose, right? Yeah. It's a surrender to, you know, where life wants you and also still implementing and moving forward on that. hundred percent. Yeah. You know, and for people that don't know more about your background, you actually have quite an illustrious background in uh, transformational development work. And, you know, you are the founder, the channel for this spiral modality. And so maybe you can just share with people like a little bit more about your background around yeah. that, how that got birthed, and then, what, you know, what brought you here to where you are right now. For sure. So. I sort of grew up a sort of a cross between a sort of awkward nerd and a little bit of a juvenile delinquent. There's this kind of two sides kind of going on a lot as I grew up. And that caused a lot of, well, it, it, it was very tumultuous, but that kind of led me to a big interest in personal development for, from, a, from an early age and a big interest in what is this all about. And that kind of skipping about 20 years of details we don't need right now put me in a place of sort of finding myself in the coaching world, but I had a background in kinesiology and Reiki and energetic stuff and comparative religion. So I was looking at the coaching world a bit differently. And I was looking at the kinesiology healing world a bit differently. And I essentially started blending these different modalities together. This was sort of taking place in sort of 2010, 2011. And by 2012, you know, I brought through a new thing, which, you know, there's plenty of new things, but there's not that many properly innovative new things. And in 2012, the spiral kind of came through and it really was a, an accelerated approach to clearing emotional blocks, shedding baggage, limiting beliefs, energetic system sort of stuff. And that it got pretty big, you know, like it really, it, it, it was kind of had a lot of energy and buzz around it from early on. And it took me on a journey, you know, it took me from being a, I'm a coach who has sort of 20 to 30 clients in his little diary to like, oh, I have 400 clients. Like, how did that happen? Oh, fuck, I don't know how to do this. I'm not, I'm not equipped to manage this, you know? So it's, that sort of took me down a spiritual business journey of learning how to handle it. But it also became very clear. I've got to teach people this thing. The people will do the thing. I'm not going to, because, you know, I was obsessed. I'm like, I have to spiral the whole world. I'm going to save the world by clearing this stuff. You know, this is me in 2013 with my kind of Messiah complex. And then I, a couple of years in, I'm like, I don't think I'm going to be able to get through everyone by myself. You know, it's like I've got 50 people a week coming to my house and it was just ridiculous. So I started these practitioner trainings. Um, they really, grew legs you know so i don't know like we probably trained about 500 practitioners maybe 20,000 people went through that process during my time and i eventually sold the institute and the modality to a dear friend of mine who already has a coaching school and was well positioned to be able to handle this shamanic beast you know i don't know if people know but kind of i feel like spiritual businesses are Little, you know, it's like it's like. Look, I've put a demon in a bottle. Would you like to take care of it for me? You know, like, oh, I don't know. Like, um, so she she took that beautiful creation on, and it's still going. Practitioners are still training, and so on. And that really 
gave me a bit of a rep, you know, especially especially in Australia, but a lot of international people came and trained in it as well. We ran a few trainings around the world also. And I think that that made me a sort of a bit of a maverick character in the personal development space. And I, you know, the books that I wrote were sort of around that archetype work, emotional clearing work, that kind of stuff. And then I really felt like it sort of, started spitting me out at around sort of 2019, 2020, there was this sense of like, I think it's my time to graduate this thing. And so a lot of ego death happened for me. I had a personal death. I had a close friend die. I had a few things going on. And definitely sort of, I started almost like coming, my second coming out of less of a personal development sort of a, brand and more of this kind of occult sort of branding and message started to come through so it, that was kind of the journey it was like you know nearly a decade of being this personal development coachy healing guy mm-hmm. and then s- some real awkward tensions around you know I would go on some podcast to say something a little bit provocative and then all the practitioners are getting upset because it's like you know now the Toronto community <laughs> won't talk to me because that thing you said on the thing and I'm like ah. Oh, I'm sorry, it was just a throwaway comment, you know? So there was this awkward morphing as I kind of came out more into the a more creative persona and more, you know, I'd always been into magic since being a little kid and ritual and stuff like that, but it took a lot for me to be able to, like, just step into that um, transparently. So I feel like that's one thing was birthed out of the other, you know? I want to dig into this piece around like the Messiah archetype, Mm. like creating this really beautiful modality, right? It it puts you on a pedestal. Yeah. Do you feel like, you know, after giving it like this life and this birth, being able to take yourself off of that pedestal and, and become a little bit more human again was a big part of also handing it over to somebody else. And you know, because, you know, the Messiah, right? The Messiah is the savior, but he's also the person everyone likes to blame, right? And they tend to nail him to things, him. you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And and also there's this piece around, um, and I want you to maybe share a little bit more about how your creativity around your own authenticity came back online because there's something around letting something continue to evolve by releasing it. From yeah. our own hands, right? And there's a piece around that. Yeah, it's it's very um, what you're pointing to is very nuanced and very astute because I think people people don't unless they've gone through something like this, people don't really maybe know about this. And for me, mm-hmm. I was talking about it last night. I feel like whatever whatever the cult, the community, the modality, like you you will live and die by the medicine that you preach, right? And that's very tricky. It's very tricky because you're constantly going to be working with this thing that you bring to the world and, and the spiral, you know, the name is taken from spiral dynamics, which for those that don't know about is a, is a system of understanding human values. And it really speaks to us moving towards being more integral and more developed across all these values. So, but the irony was, there would be all these dramas inside the spiral, which were always, by the time I figured them, I'm like, oh, this is the spiral putting us through itself to kind of like, it's showing us where we aren't developed in, in within the realms of the spiral, you know? So it'd be like, 
you know, what I call level four inside the spiral is about structure and authority and systems. And like at a certain point, it'd be like, we fucking suck at that. And we'd be just having to bring in rules. And then all my early practitioners would be all rebelling because I had just this pack of rebels that I'd pull together and be like, look, we need to bring in a registration. We need to bring in these kind of protocols. And it'd be like, this is bullshit, man. You know, and it's just like, okay, I've got, I've got to take us through this authority level which i have always been very resistant to and then we sort of progressed to the next level and the next level and you know we were coming into the covid era we did the me too era the covid era the black lives matter era we did all the, all these significant things were happening that were stirring up not necessarily directly but issues that were adjacent to these issues so diversity issues inclusion issues but also the kind of drama triangle stuff was coming in of like what is the appropriate attitude for a modality that is about sovereignty and personal empowerment you know and where is this line between the white guy on the chair going hey you guys just clear that and move through it kind of thing and then at a certain at a certain era it was like yeah that's not the answer and we can't say that shit anymore and it's like well what what is the role of this person who is too empowered in this dynamic because I literally invented the thing. So like I'm a little bit the king, you know, I'm, I'm the, I could go cool. This whole thing is deleted tomorrow or you're out or whatever. And that's how I had navigated in the early days. Cause there was no, I had no organizational training, no leadership, no nothing. We've just, I've made this cool thing. People want it. They pay me some money and now we have to hang out together forever and ever. Um, you know, I didn't hadn't thought through any kind of model around. It wasn't a membership. It's like you become a practitioner, you're in. You know, you're in until someone does something yeah. super fucking stupid, and then I'll be like, oh, what do we do about that? Like, do I throw them out? Do and then eventually we started becoming an organization, but it was such a mirror for the work we did because it would just constantly be highlighting where I was failing or underdeveloped or didn't have the tools that I needed. And by 2020, moving into 2021, I was doing a lot of work and a lot of ritual around, okay, I'm letting go of this thing. I need to be shown what the fuck to do with this thing because the problems that are coming up, I don't have the juice for, I'm not interested in. Like I've kind of graduated this kind of work, but I'm now the custodian of this thing that, you know, a lot of wounded, political, complicated stuff was constantly, and whatever would fire we would put out there'd be a new thing i'm like oh what is this now i didn't i might have to google what that even means you know there'd be some some new thing coming and eventually i just started dropping 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 and it's like yeah the way you graduate and the way this thing goes to the next level is you step off the chair you know you don't be the solo charismatic cult leader archetype that you a little bit love and a little bit hate and yeah it was just so clear of like, ah, oh, if I stop playing this role, this thing will find a new destiny and I will be set free from a lot of these dynamics that I'm never going to solve. Like I'm not going to be able to solve them. I'm just going to be forever marinating in them and maybe we progress through a given issue. But it became very clear to me that this, the inherent structure of this thing is to clear up your stuff. So we will be forever doing this I, particularly me in this role will be forever doing that thing and mm -hmm. 
I was transitioning to wanting to be a creator. You know, I was wanting to make more music. I was wanting to make more art. And every piece of musical art that I want to make seemed to offend somebody because it was fucking satanic or misogynistic or whatever whatever frame they would have on it. And I'd just be like, you know, and just one day it was like, oh, if I just let go, everything progresses, you know. Nobody has to get nailed to anything. We don't have to do a, you know, a martyrdom. We can just do a... Thank you. Love you guys. Take this work somewhere. And it was hard. It took a long time for me to surrender the pieces, but it was a real um, ripening for me. Mm. Oh, I just want to, you know, appreciate the courage that it takes to like create a modality, to birth a modality into the world and then scale it. Right. Because that there is no handbook. It's just like raising children. There's no handbook that someone gives you. This is how you run your team. This is how you scale. This is how you reach more people. This is how you run your organization. And, you know, as someone who can definitely relate to that in my own realm of business, it is like this constant challenge and, and puzzle that you're thinking about all the time. And it consumes you. Yeah. Right. Because yeah. you, you want to, it's like building an eco community. You know, it's like this utopian ideal but actually doing it is a lot of slogging through the trenches and then you know and you grow through that process so I'm really hearing that like you went through a huge process of growth in yourself and I'm really curious to hear how that did grow you as an entrepreneur in terms of going through you know building something kind of big and grand and then kind of releasing it into the world and then scaling back to like your own domain yeah of of genius of control and also maybe what you're seeing in terms of the world of sacred sexuality right now with, you know, the conversations we're seeing with ISTA, with other kinds of organizations that are doing really transformational work in the world and yet are getting nailed to a cross. Yeah. And I feel like there's some deeper layers around cancel culture, around tr- transformation through conversation versus projection. Yeah. And I know that's a lot there. That's, true. that's, that's some chunky stuff to move through there, you know? The the first bit about how did I grow, you know, and I like touch wood because I don't want to I don't want to call more of this in, but you know I really feel like I did get to work with projection a lot. You know, it really taught me a lot about people are going to see what they need to see in whoever the person who sits on, like I call it the chair. You know, whoever sits on that particular chair. You're going to become mom, dad, the patriarchy, the fucking government, the, you know, the oppressor. You're going to become whatever they need you to become for the, for the duration. And yeah. I got a lot of practice of that role over sort of seven or eight years, you know. And, and in the early days, I had a very, in some ways it worked better, but I had a very bratty, like, fuck you. I'm not doing this thing. Like, we, you know, you like this thing or you don't, you know, stay here or fuck off. You know, that was my very early stages of, of leadership was very basic, you know. And then I, you know, I got older. I developed and all these. And so then I would start to have a lot more concern, compassion, empathy, but also stress. of like, fuck, I have to I have responsibility. I have this, I have that. But I also got a lot of practice in holding lightly the fact that I am the recipient of various projections, including good projections. I think this is this thing of like people get in this thing of like the projection is the bad stuff. And it's like, well, you know how they also think you're absolutely amazing? That's not entirely factual either. You know, that's 
part, <laughs> that's also what they need yeah. you to be. And mm. I really run to this day this philosophy around you've got to take the praise and the blame together, you know. You, you like, And I see this just a brush across what you sort of reference with the, with the conscious sexuality world. Some of the people I see having the hardest time as leaders in that world, they're holding themselves as some sort of like sacred priest or priestess who is just only doing good, not doing bad. And they're, you know, I'm just, I'm just here to help. And people, these mean people are projecting this stuff on me. And it's like, well, that's not been my experience, which, which does not mean you're guilty or you're bad or you're, you know, but almost the, the less we are prepared to integrate um, our own shadow, our own, you know, negative reputation, the more it's going to show up in some shape or form. And it, it may or may not be factually accurate. Like it's not like, yes, you have to say you you did things you didn't do or yes, you're fucking terrible or whatever. But, you know, for me, a lot of the journey with the spiral was like, I'd be like, I'm putting, I, you know, it, there was a lot of Messiah bullshit running for me. I'm like, I've given you guys everything. You know, how could you repay me? Like, why don't you like love me? And it's just like, <laughs> come on, man, like this is really childish. Like you are, you, you are creating a space where people go through a certain journey and they, depending on where they're at on that journey is how they're going to relate to you and see you. And, you know, we had a bunch of like artists and activists and stuff in there as well as healers and and then the more entrepreneurial crew and like whatever I would do that was annoying or offensive to a certain group, my kind of entrepreneur peers like, this is fucking, yeah, we love this. You're great, Dan. You know, and someone else would be like, this is just typical of like, you know, the cis heteropatriarchal power. Blah, and I'm like, oh my God, like, I'm just trying to sell the next training, guys. Like, let's, you know, who wants to? And it was just this weave of actually being like, you know, actually, I am all of those things, you know, I am fucking, this, this is where my whole Lucifer journey came in. Of like, okay, I, I will be your devil. Oh, and yes, I am a, I am a cult leader. I'm actually a cult leader and that's what I am, you know, and, and somehow I feel like just, and, and sometimes with jest and sometimes with tenderness and, so, you know, different, I say it really flippantly, but there's been a very multidimensional journey around owning, <clears throat> you know, sometimes doing videos and go, hey, guys, this is the best that I can do. I am learning as well. The way we did X, Y, Z is the way that I know how to do it. I'm sorry that didn't live up to what some of you guys need. We're really open to you know, I became more and more open to feedback as time went on and genuinely, you know, whereas in the early days it was like, look, if you don't fucking like it, get the fuck out of here. Um, I think this journey is something that a lot of leaders are going to have to go through and the more they fight it, the harder it's going to get. And I think there can be this thing where we have, where we, here's, here's the piece that's coming through. The spiral is very much about sovereignty, creating your reality. You're in charge of what you experience. That was one of our very strong principles. And I guess the world, the politics in the world, the dynamics in the world re really began to shift in the last few years in relationship to that uh, premise. It's like, look, hey, whatever is going on, you created it. Pull, your, pull yourself up by your bootstraps kind of thing, you know, like just fucking get on with it and make things happen. You're sovereign, you're a powerful creator, which I still believe, but I believe it with more nuance, you know, and I believe it um, in a much more 
this is this is a principle that must be applied to the self. It can't be applied to other people, you know. And I see difficulties for spiritual leader types who are overly stuck on the sovereignty way of living and speaking in the world when they come into interface with humans that are more calling for synergy, inclusion, you know, collective. And then also there's leaders who are going to get sucked into cool. I'm going to, I'm just going to appease the collective. I'm just going to apologize. And it's like, cool, you will be destroyed. You'll be eaten alive. There will be nothing left from you, you know? And so how to dance this, this dance of like, I am sovereign and I do believe that all humans have a huge amount of control over their destiny. And the world has educated me in so many ways of like, that's not all there is to it. And that, that we do need to synergize, harmonize, empathize. And there's this, so there's this dance between, I guess, what I see is like the, the vertical connection and the horizontal connection. And if, if one is stronger than the other, those imbalances are going to have to be addressed inside, inside of conscious leadership. You know, if you're too much pandering and apologizing, you're going to be, you're going to lose your, ability to stand up straight and if you're too like listen you people i'm you know fucking deal with it yourself it's like eventually the mob is going to come and pull your house down you know like eventually the people with the pitchforks will come and you fucking deserve it on some level you know because you refuse to uh integrate with the collective reality the, the bubble you're holding so it's a very tricky path and you know i am constantly inspired and disappointed in turns by different people of how they rise or don't rise to certain things and you know we're all figuring it out but it's a it's a it's a fucking interesting time for that for anyone holding that role Mm -hmm. and i think whether we're doing sexuality or we're doing power or we're doing money or we're doing any of these things that i see as excuse me as amplifiers well that just just ups the stakes a whole bunch you know like it's like if you've got a business where you sell tea, if maybe it's just chill, you know? But if you're doing like, we do money, we do sex, we do this, we do this, like, okay, you've just, it's going to be a lot. Well, yeah. And this is, you know, sometimes I, I'm like, man, why couldn't I just be in an, you know, an accountant or something that's just so boring and safe, you know? And yet those who are called to make these like visionary shifts in the world you know, it's going to be exciting as fuck. And it's also going to be scary as fuck. And what I've heard you address is that there's like this dance between the dictator archetype and the empath archetype, you know, and it's finding that balance or integrating those, which we actually see in the world, you know, with even politics in how leadership runs. Um, I've been part of eco communities that had no leader and they just, there was no leadership. There was no direction. There was no solid, uh, concrete organization. And then being in a, you know, the benevolent dictator, you know, might be the balance in between the two of those realms. I'm curious how you understand and and what you see in the world of transformational coaching and, and space holding around how do we hold space for creating environments and containers that are quote unquote safe or, you know, we hear the buzzword trauma-informed versus these edgy, dangerous spaces that actually sometimes, <laughs> you know, do provide an element of danger, 
of, you know, coming up against your edges that will trigger the fuck out of you, but also actually also catalyze transformation because I've been having these conversations with people behind the scenes around, you know, everything being so bland now we're having to be so trauma informed that there's actually no space to go because you're coddled through government. And, you know, you look at, you know, nature, you know, earthquakes aren't safe, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, uh, you know, lava flows and volcanoes, they aren't safe. These elements in nature that are dangerous and deadly, you know, but they catalyze and create new growth. So I'm curious how you relate that with magic in your own work in how do we straddle those two? Yeah, I have thought and talked about this a lot as well. Like I think a lot of us are observing and navigating this, this crossroads. And I see like, you know, we've got, we can look at these, poles if we like of like the the transformational focus on the one side and the the trauma focused on the other side and you know one is about maximizing change and the other one is about minimizing harm let's just let's just simple i'm already feel like i probably would have annoyed 10 people but that's let's just give it that simple approach i think it is entirely possible to have both and ideally we want to create realms that have both um and I think one of the things where those of us playing in more edgier transformational spaces can do better is in sort of really qualifying um, how and who gets into what room when. So a lot of a lot of the issues that people are having now, and you know, let's say this is moving through ISTA, this is moving through lots of places, like cool. Should such and such person have been in that room where we do the blah blah ritual? Was that was that really a great match for that practice to that person? And I think this is also a thing of like you can have your weird little cult that meets in your lounge room of your people that are all on the same path for X amount of time, and you can push the edges really fucking far because you know we've journeyed together, we know where people are at, we were all committed to the same thing. But if you create something that starts to get more uh, mainstream purchase in the world, then all of a sudden you're going to start having people who are way earlier in their journey or they are carrying, you know, just the more people you interact with, the more likely you're starting to start impacting people that have heavier trauma and less maybe trauma they're unaware of or, or whatever, like, you know, you put, you put a thousand people through your work, you might just be lucky that the people who came were all at a certain point on their path. You put 100,000 people through your work, you're going to be just by sheer numbers encountering a much broader range of individuals and somewhere along that journey, it's going to be like, wow, these people had some really bad reactions to that stuff we do. And it's like, yeah, no shit. Like you didn't, you you know, like... We as also those of us who live in a specific bubble, you know, like I, sex magic is part of my daily life, and most of my friends who come around my house would either have been involved in that, or at least cool with that, or at least think that's some fun, quirky thing that I do. There's no one here coming to visit me who would be utterly shocked or horror. That's just not. That's several degrees out from my my home life, you know, and even my internet sort of tribe. That sort of stuff is permeated through it and if you would progress into one of my containers my this is my intention is you've sort of been pre-warned or pre-framed of maybe not the exact details of what you're getting into but at least the depth or the some context of what and why and where we're heading 
And I think that's that's where a lot of really awesome people come unstuck is like, yeah, you just, that's, this is this person's first time at like a workshop and you're doing what with them? Okay, let's, <laughs> that's yeah. that's risky, you know? Yeah, I'm, I'm sensing it's like, this, yeah, like foreplay. Yeah. It's like, you know, you start with meeting up for a coffee date totally. and then you meet, you know, you move into the, the eye gazing, then the hand yeah. holding, you know, make out. Right, know, whereas, right, instead of just welcome to Welcome to my you, fisting room. You know, okay, right. shit, that's, we went from zero to 150 like i'm okay and so i think that's one piece you know and i also think it's a really tricky one because you've got this conversation that has wasn't was an under-addressed conversation so the trauma conversation wasn't was a neglected conversation for you know 20 30 years like however long trauma science has been happening in in the background it's taken till now to, to break into the mainstream and so now it is, for better or worse, taking over. And there are good things about that and there are bad things about that. And, you know, yes, and to, and to the seeming delight of let's, the trauma people, you know, let's call them the trauma people. It's a funny name to give someone, but, like, let's just call them that. Um, <laughs> they're yeah. going to find with great consistency that many spiritual teachers and many other types of teachers are not technically trauma-informed in the way that they would like, you know? Um, even though some of those teachers might have 20, 30 years of working with bodies, with humans, with emotions, with this. And in some ways, those experienced teachers are being forced, to, they're going to be forced to upgrade that particular set of knowledge. It's not going to be negotiable. It's like the world is now demanding this thing, you know? And that's, it's okay. And it is what it is. But I also think the trauma thing is going to, it's not the be all and end all. You know, it's not the fucking, the end point of all the things we're doing is not to create a safe space. Like that's a great skill. It's important. But like everyone's going to fucking die eventually. People will get this, right? Like everyone on the planet is going to be dead at some point. Not, not that far down the future. And I also like to hold that. And this is, by the way, in case anyone wants to, you know, hear this the wrong way, I'm not saying because of that, fuck everyone, let's trigger the shit out of everyone. That's not what I'm saying. But I'm just saying that I would consider that the trauma education or the nervous system education piece, which I more prefer to think about nervous system literacy and understanding how we function rather than trauma as the, because trauma is not the point. Like the point is, healthy functional nervous system ability to move through things that's one piece of literacy that we need but it's not it's not all of it and it's not it's not what everyone it's also important to you know it's like well because some of these children cannot ride a bike without um training wheels everyone will now be legislated to have training wheels upon their bicycles at all times it's like some of these kids are 15 years old they're fine they don't need that well, well, well my kids who are little need that so i'm going to make all the kids have that and it's like we need to um have an awareness that different containers are designed to provide different things and this is a this is a requirement of the entire industry scene we we all need to get better at that because i feel that I've consistently been amused or annoyed or whatever 
by different like oh you went to do such and such as training to get this why why would you think they're not they're the embodiment person they're not the sexuality person the sexuality person is you know no 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 that's like sexual education that's more like mystical sexuality over here it's like it's like the labeling is quite poor in our in our new age world you know you just I've got money issues, so I'm going to drink ayahuasca. I'm like, it's the wrong tool for that job. Like, why? Maybe you want to open your heart. You want to connect to the greater vision. I think ayahuasca. You want to do that? Do some fucking NLP and learn sales and like read, you know, like money books and do the correct tool for where you're at. But we as a collective have not established a great system for, you know, packaging what thing gives you what i don't think it's that good you know i think it's very messy so i think that's a big piece beyond nobody's trauma informed everyone's traumatizing everyone i think yes a little bit but there's a lot more to to consider in that conversation i think what i've been hearing you kind of speak to dane is that you know it's it's diagnosing giving the right yes yeah diagnosis so to speak and expecting you know like the acupuncturist to know why someone's having a yeah. erectile dysfunction um it might yeah. not be their zone of genius, yeah. right so you know it's, i think that's the thing that a lot of people are trying to contemplate and understand is that you know some people in the realm of you know trauma-informed work which is amazing but they're expecting certain people to have all these skills and it's like well some people are you know everyone's a doctor but not everyone, you know, has uh, mm-hmm. you know, a dentist or, you know, they don't know how to do root now, but because that person is maybe a, I don't know, implant surgery uh, specialist or a brain, you know, surgery specialist. And that is the beauty of diversity, you know, and finding these different tools, you're going to get them more specialized from that person that is yeah expert in that, right? But expecting people to be the expert in so many different things. Yeah, and, and I think there is... Um, what Sorry, you go, you go. Is, oh, go on. Oh, just just that I'm feeling like there's this new approach, and maybe it's like part of this age of Aquarius, you know, theme of around collaboration and bringing together many different experts in many different ways to collaborate and work with communities. Yeah, I think that's powerful, and I think that's part of the solution to having to say a super developed teacher on one thing i've been doing such and such for 30 years and then bringing in the trauma science person or the trauma therapist and like co-creating things that i think that's where a lot of magic can happen rather than expecting this person who's 30 years down this path suddenly goes and does a phd in you know nervous system studies or it's like they're not going to do that they're not they've never been on that and yeah i think you know, and I think there is there is a problematic piece. It's funny. I'm using the, the word against its own origins. But, like, you know, there's a problematic piece in the, in the policing attitude that can come with this thing of, like, you know, um, the pitchforks kind of attitude that can come to, like, look, you're not using the correct language or, look, you guys are doing these and these practices and that, that can be an issue. And then the response to that coming at you back to the leadership conversation can also be an issue because it's like, um, you know, the people who are concerned about the safety feel like they have the right to like cancel things or dictate who's allowed to do what. And then the, the leaders in the space 
quote unquote, you know, lead the more conscious, spiritual, experimental, whatever leaders by their nature are more likely to then rebel against that or hold or like, well, you can't tell us what to, and, and so then this, this thing perpetuates where it's like, you guys fucking need each other, right? Like if it's just left to you guys, it's going to be like pillows on all the corners of the furniture so no one hurts himself and nothing cool is going to happen. And if it's just left to you guys, you are going to traumatize the shit out of a bunch of people because you, you're not really willing to, yes, you're a tantric Jedi, but you also are quite basic in your understanding of <laughs> neuroscience, you know? And it's like, so you guys need each other, right? And and I think that's the place that I, yeah. we are going to get there, but hopefully we can get there with less stubbornness and headbutting on both sides because both aspects need each other. And that I think that's how I see things move forwards is this integration of seemingly opposite points of view. Mm. It, it's almost like the communication and intimacy experts need to take a dose of that medicine in how to <laughs> deeply communicate needs, boundaries, desires with other practitioners. That's yeah. what I'm kind of seeing, you know, and that's, moving away from these archetypal dynamics and polarities around like, you know, victim perpetrator and actually coming to compersion, collaboration, yeah. cooperation, right? Which brings us into like a new archetypal yeah. dynamic. Well, I think that the, the part that I, what I see is that one of the medicines and this, and this that can be applied to everyone is this just moving into these dialogues with the realization that you don't know everything. You know, I don't know everything. I cannot possibly have all data and all the angles. I know that I don't, and I often think that I do, and I have to have to drop that. And I think that's so this is why I like entrepreneurs, by the way. You know, there is a, there's an ironic thing of like people working with the mystery on one column and people building businesses on the other column. We both have to acknowledge, yeah, I don't have half of the fucking data that I need to do this, and I'm going to now have to do it anyway, which is going to require a degree of humility that what what the spiritual teachers and academics have in common, they're not humble, you know? They're not, they, they assume to know what they're talking about, and within their little narrow box, they absolutely do. But then, and this is where the cancel culture conversation and a lot of social justice conversations hitting against the spiritual realm clash i i know what you guys should be doing and i'm going to come and fucking tell you and you should just receive my wisdom with total gratitude and it's like actually i fucking know how reality works now so you can fuck off and so there's this kind of like thing going on and it's like oh my god you're both actually developmentally behaving like toddlers in this moment like you're these educated special wonderful people with degrees or with such and such and it's like the only way to move forwards in these hard dialogues is to go, okay, I actually don't fucking know the answer and I don't necessarily, whereas one agenda typically is coming with I have the answer and you guys should be compelled to do things this way. And it's like that's not that's not it. It's not going to work ultimately. It's going to be the, the one person out of that group who is able to move with a little more gentleness or a little more curiosity that actually gets through and a bunch of people can then take on new information. And likewise, it's going to be the leader who's like, you know, that's when I realized a lot of shit was missing from what we had been doing for 20 years. Huh. 
okay, take a breath. Let's be humble. Yes, maybe I'm really good at this, but maybe I have been doing some shit wrong, quote unquote, you know, and that that's the only way to really yeah. evolve, I think. Yeah. Beautiful, Jane. You kind of answered a question that I was going to ask you around, you know, how can leaders and entrepreneurs follow their path and follow their dharma while still expressing themselves authentically and not caving into the fear yeah. of saying the wrong thing right now? Because I think that's what's, you know, kind of bubbling in the field is a lot of people like, well, fuck, I don't want to go on podcasts or I'm, I'm actually resisting and sabotaging more exposure because I'm afraid of saying the wrong thing, doing the wrong thing, being too much, um, getting canceled. As someone who has been canceled, who's gone through that initiation, um, uh, it's one of like it's kind of one of the scariest things you can go through. And like you know, but like you said, you can't resist it. At a certain point, you yeah. reach a level of exposure, right, in your area of expertise. And I kind of see it almost as like, oh, where does this initiation maybe? parallel where rites of passage used to be uh in our culture right and so looking at it as like well when that time comes how can i take this as a rite of passage you know (laughs) because we don't have that right but we used to have these things that would bring us to the edges of our fear and actually as leaders we don't really have i mean you're yes you're building a business yes you're you know facing the unknown but maybe perhaps the the mob and facing that is part of the, the, the initiation rite of passage into your leadership to face your deepest I fears. love that you've said that. I 100% feel this way. I, you know, I think people should just accept, look, minimum every seven years, you're going to get cancelled. Let's just, you know, it's like, you know, it's like where they take the boy to the woods and they, you know, do whatever, they cut them or whatever, and then it's, you take on your new name. That's that's getting cancelled. And, you know, that's it's going to happen. But also, it's... Look, it's it's a it's a valid fear because I work with this in the EE Academy, right? This is what a lot of what I'm working with are um, primarily spiritual business owners at various levels of their journey, and the being seen and the being cancelled and the whatever is a, is a very common thread that everyone has to work through. Especially, we have a lot of people working in sexuality. Especially, we have people holding holistic health opinions that used to be not controversial that are now like, oh, it's kind of controversial to say that. I might get my account disappeared, you know. We need to move knowing that that's a possibility. Like it's it's the same as like if you're if you're integrated, you're a warrior, you know that you're going to potentially die. In fact, you're definitely going to die, but you might die today. And you might not die today, but you might die tomorrow. And to meet that with some degree of peace, I think is really part of the challenge. But then in that as well, when I unpack this and I have many, many times with clients, with friends that are freaking out, with myself because I've been through that portal a couple times at least, um, you know, could, could happen again tomorrow. Um, it's, it's about knowing like what does that even mean? What does cancelled mean? And for me, you know, I had a lot of run-ins with the law as a kid and one of my biggest fears I've realised is going to jail. And so when I'm freaking out from like there's some Facebook thing, it's like, hey, what do you think is going to happen? You're, you're going to get in jail, jail for an off-color joke? It's like, realistically not. Okay. Do you think these people are going to come to your house and like beat you to death because you shared that meme? <sighs> Actually, probably not. Okay, let's move through that. So we're just going to go through all the levels of like what's going to 
do you think what's okay might they make a little group about you and share all the bad things about you that could happen okay well i can fucking live with that actually it, it, it happens all it's happening to somebody happen. right now you know like um it that's not that bad it's unpleasant but it's not fatal it doesn't even destroy your income your real friends will not be phased by it like actually having passed through this portal a few times there's a lot that goes on where it's almost like our nervous system brings up full-blown fear of like death persecution exile and you know even it's a witch hunt it's like okay let me tell you what's not going to happen you're probably not going to be strapped to a pole and burnt to death i'm pretty sure that is not going to happen Oh, okay. Well, that's good to know. Yeah, yeah, unlikely. It's not happening as much as we think, you know? And I think we're also getting deeper yeah. into the cancel culture era to the point where it's not, it's like COVID, you know? We thought it was going to kill everyone and it really didn't, you know? Like, it really didn't. A lot of the majority of humans yeah. survived. And that is what I've seen with awkward cancellation stuff. Most people are fine. It's just a bit of a drag for a little while. And this, you know, on the other side, I am aware of people, fucking teachers that have done really fucked up shit and everyone has gone after them. It's like, oh, that guy's still there teaching. How the fuck did that happen? It's like, well, the lawsuits, the whatever, mm-hmm. four years later, it's like, oh, they're still there. And so, by the way, I don't, I don't think that's good. Mm-hmm. That's, that's a shitty thing. But that has made me reflect on like, okay, so do you think, you know, the time you didn't give someone a refund five years ago and that person talk shit about you that's not gonna end us that's not gonna nothing's really gonna happen bad and it's more about my own personal moral journey of growing up is what this is about so i just want to throw there's one of my pieces for people is like it's not as bad as you think it is it's actually largely a fear that's running wild that i don't want to be kicked out of the group i don't want to have my livelihood cut up i don't want people that i care about to think i'm a fucking terrible person that stuff is really strong and I, you know i've had where things got a little bit you know some university of melbourne feminist chick with blue hair screenshotted a bunch of stuff and this guy runs a sex cult he even wrote a book called the sex wizard this is fucking disgusting and i'm like what like, this is this fun cute sexuality person stuff but in their world it's like this is fucking terrible yeah. And then I just got like 40 different people adding me to like yeah. fucking abuse. And I'm like, whoa, this is crazy. And it's like, now I just like set my watch. I just put a marker on the calendar. I'm like, do you reckon you'll still be here in two weeks? I say, no. Three days later, everyone has gotten bored. They've gone somewhere. I blocked like four people. They've got someone else to go cancel. That's the majority of it, you know? And. Yeah. Yes, there's big fuck-ups that coincide with bigger movements. If you have a massive platform, the stakes are much higher. You know, I'm not on national television. I can't actually get cancelled. I can lose my Facebook account or whatever. That's it, you know. So I think it's really good to have some perspective on that stuff because people freak the fuck out. And it's like, meh. Yeah. Oh, thank you, Dane, for speaking to that. Because I think, too, everyone's going to fuck up at some point, you know, as well. And, you know, I know actually you're going to be going on uh, Victoria Redbird's uh, fuck up nights in Australia. Yeah, that's a month away. Yeah. I'd love to hear the recording of this because I hear it's just such a phenomenal container for sharing our fuck ups as entrepreneurs, you know, which we go through many. Like, again, there's no 
handbook that you get given on how to do business your way. Um, but because we aren't able to be there in person, at least for those of you around the world who are listening, if someone was to really, really, really know you, Dane, what is something that they would know about you? Mm. Just getting a bit personal, a bit vulnerable. What is something that it's they would know that about I'm you? super soft. You know, I actually, despite we can get into this fiery, quick exchange and the stuff we're talking about, you know, it's actually that, well, I want to be liked and I want to be loved and I want to be cared about and I like being surrounded by people that matter to me and that care about me and that's probably one of the primary most important things in my life and it's you know sometimes I'm like well Cancerian Cancer Sun Pisces Moon blah 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 whatever you want to link it to it is that the primary me is pretty soft and squishy and vulnerable and then there's layers of, you know, it's not a fake persona, it's a genuine part of me that's coming out often through the internet or whatever. It's, it's quite real, but it's like, you know, everyone that I am very close with or particularly my women friends are like, you know, I wish they could see a little bit more of that kind of squish, the thing that I see. And I'm like, oh, don't say that everyone cares. That's, that, that's, where, that's where I live is actually this soft place. And then there's these layers of communication that you know sometimes I open my mouth and I can't stop talking or whatever but there's there's a soft being in here that um is sensing and tracking kind of everything and that's very rich but also quite overwhelming so I'm a little bit of a hermit I live on the river and I you know I go I'll rent like a three-bedroom place to myself like this is how I move through the world and it's very like Gotta have my little safe place. So Cancerian to the extreme. Call it that. My it's Scorpio is in midheaven. Midheaven is in Scorpio. Yeah, yeah. Conjunct Uranus. Okay. So there's a bit of an eccentric meets the dark, yeah. meets the yeah, front facing part. Yeah. Yeah. Going yeah. straight into the depths yeah. and the, the taboo. Yeah. My income goes up for every tattoo that I get, you know, I get an increase. And I feel like you've... <laughs> <laughs> Heaps of room. Well, you still yeah. have lots of real estate left, so that's, you know. <laughs> well, I just, I'm, I'm so grateful, Dane, that you've, you know, gone to the depths of some you know, kind of edgy conversations with me today. It's not always uh, an easy thing to do in such a short amount of time. And so I'm really grateful for, you know, these poignant little nuggets of insight and vulnerability mm -hmm. and authenticity that you shared with us today. So I'm really, really grateful and appreciative of your, your tenderness as well as your Thank you. edginess that you've brought. Um, you know, if someone's listening to this and they want to find out more about you, about the work that you do, they're like, mm -hmm. I need that guy to fucking help me succeed in the world. And they are, you know, an esoteric entrepreneur. How can they find out more about your work? You know, are you guys accepting, you know, new members into the academy? Yeah, we are easy to find. The easiest way to interface with me is just my Instagram. It's at dane.thomas. Um, and from there, that's the kind of convergence point where I share lots of content and educational bits and pieces and crazy rants and whatever. And then the portal to the, to the EE, the Esoteric Entrepreneur Academy, is just a conversation. So we just have chats with people and if there's a fit, we bring them in. 
I don't know the timing of release, but I'm about to do an announcement today, which is a little surprise that I'm actually reducing the price of the Esoteric Entrepreneur Academy, which is a total pivot. I did this whole piece around like I'm moving off a capitalistic model. I'm sort of switching my team to a, a revenue share model so that we can kind of grow together. I think it's going to be still super fucking successful, but just with a slightly different energetic. And I think just to calibrate that, we're going to do a slight um, reduction in, in what that costs because I'm trying to hold a frequency of non-urgency. You know, I'm trying to hold a frequency of this is about stepping into your magic and your center first and then using, you know, we still teach sales, marketing, all these pieces, but it's firstly centered in the current. Anyway, a little bit of trivia. But basically, yeah, add me on Instagram, say hello. If you want a little bit more about my journey, I do a podcast called the EE Podcast. And it's whereas I'm ranting a lot on social media, the podcast is a lot more, it's like my journal. It's like, hey, here's what I'm navigating. I'm going to try this marketing strategy. Oh, this is an interesting thing I've got to figure out. So it's a bit more inside the mind of the esoteric entrepreneur figuring it all out. Uh, that's a really good place to get to know me a little bit if you're curious. So yeah, Instagram and the podcast great places to sort of find your way into the the dane verse yeah the team verse i love it i love it we'll jump through that portal everybody and thank appreciate you it thank you if you enjoyed today's episode if you got something out of it if what was shared really touched you, impacted you, transformed you, or shocked you. We'd love to hear from you. Feel free to share this episode with your friends and community. Feel free to leave us a review on Apple or Spotify and let us know what are your thoughts on what we discussed today. Do you have questions that you'd love to submit to the show? You can find more details on that and more at phoenixamara.com slash podcast and you can submit your own questions to the podcast where I will take these and answer them on air. 